0: A reading from Isaiah chapter thirty-five, verses one to ten, which can be found in your pew Bibles on page seven one three. The desert and the parched land will be glad; the wilderness will rejoice and blossom, like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will. Rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendour of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendour of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance and with divine retribution he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped, deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool the thirst, thirsty ground, bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, <coughs> pardon me, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sign will flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: That's all you're getting, if you could hear it. (laughs) Perhaps um, the clip that I took was just a little low in its, uh, so I'm sorry guys, sorry about that, but it was from the Messiah, Handel's Messiah and I hope as you heard the reading read uh, that uh, you might have even thought about the Messiah. Have you listened to it or seen it this year? It's good to do every so often. Isaiah 35 is such a great chapter with some really familiar phrases. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. Everlasting joy. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. How good is that? And it's really good to hear some of this because... This is week three in our series, and I don't know if you've noticed, but weeks one and two have been full of judgment and justice. It's good to have a bit of good news, good to have a bit of joy, but it's always a but. We all know that one of the things that is really important to do uh, whenever we look at the Bible is to check out the context, right? What came before, what comes after. We can't just take a section of scripture on its own without looking at where it sits in the rest of the story. So if you've got your Bible open to Isaiah 35, which is on page 713, let's check out chapter 34. And just a heads up, it's not an easy read. Not an easy read at all. Here's how it starts. Come near, you nations, and listen. Pay attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it. The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. Well, that is devastatingly complete, isn't it? It's, It's as if creation is being uncreated. It's being undone. God is judging all the nations and all the world. And he's saying that he is thoroughly judging everything. It's not just about Israel and Judah. It's not just about the disobedience and sin of the covenant people, although it is, but it's about all nations. God is not happy. And that's not a great rap for a world that was declared good. At the beginning. This judgment, as I said, is creation being undone. All that was beautiful has become ugly and needs to be dealt with. And we, humanity, caused it. So that's chapter 34. Not not good to read. So what happens in chapter 36? Well, in chapter 36 we meet the king of Assyria, whose name is Sennacherib. And he's wielding his power and coming with really big threats, saying, God's not going to deliver you from me. Have you seen any other nation whip the pants off me? No, you haven't. Uh, That's my paraphrase, by the way. (laughs) If you go home and do a Google search of where in the Bible does it say, whip the pants off me, you won't find it. That's just me boasting like Sennacherib did. So it seems that this judgment that we heard about in chapter 34 and a lot of other times in Isaiah is going to happen pretty soon. Judgment never really makes us feel good, does it? Who of you likes judgment? Judgment? Even when you see an RBT on the road, you go, oh, (laughs) we don't like it. Or when we see a siren, we look down at the Speedo. We don't like it. You know, even as parents, when our kids were so naughty that we applied significant discipline, it didn't feel good, did it? It doesn't feel good to apply judgment. It doesn't feel good to receive judgment. Why is that? Well, it might partly be because it hurts, but I don't think that's the main part. I think judgment doesn't feel good because it's actually about truth. When we are confronted with the truth about ourselves, that's hard. Chapter 34 makes it clear that God's plans are not abstract, they're real. Chapter 36 sees it coming into play but what is actually said in chapter 35. So let's go there. Nestled between these two chapters of judgment and invasion, Isaiah 35 is infused with joy for God's weary people. The whole and complete nature of God is seen again and again throughout history, throughout the scriptures. Our God is a God of both justice And grace. Justice and grace. Even as the people are about to experience the pain and consequences of their disobedience and rebellion, God extends a promise. It's a promise that says, it will not always be this way. Our surprising God does things which reverse his just judgment. We see him acting in a way that brings redemption. How good is that? Here in chapter 5, we find salvation and we find grace. In fact, uh, we find salvation by grace. People, God's people would return to Zion, meaning Israel would leave their exile in Babylon and come back to Jerusalem. Why? Because they had been ransomed. They'd been redeemed. In the days of Moses, God had redeemed them by the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. You know the Exodus story? And he brought them out of Egypt. Here he promises to redeem them in a second Exodus. Despite their sin, God does not give up on them. They were still his redeemed people. Look at verse 9. Sighing would soon give way to singing. And sorrow would soon give way to joy. God may have made the fruitful land like desert, but what does desert hide? What's hidden secretly in a desert? If some rain falls on the desert, what happens? Shoots soon come, don't they? The little insects come out and start running around again. Even in judgment, there is room for salvation. We find gladness, we find joy, glory and splendor. Creation may have been undone, but chapter 35 shows us that it will be redone. God declares that judgment has a purpose. and The purpose is redemption. The glory of the Lord comes and transforms the wilderness. Christmas is fast approaching, isn't it? Soon it will be here. It'll be upon us. The end of the year will be upon us. Supposedly the festive season, but is it always festive? Sometimes it's not. Whether it's the absence of loved ones through death or because of distance, the heartache of broken relationships... Chronic suffering, a battle maybe with persistent sin. It may be that you are approaching Christmas feeling tired and joyless. Well, what word does the Lord offer those of us who are barely making it to the finish line this year? He promises everlasting joy. How wonderful. And we see his grace so clearly. It's all of God. Who is being strengthened? Well, it's the feeble. They can't do it themselves. That's grace. Which knees are being steadied? Well, it's the knees that give way. That's grace. Who are the ones that are seeing? The blind. Who are the ones that are hearing? The deaf. Who are the ones that are leaping? The lame. And who are the ones that are shouting? The mute. Ones who have no voice. Do you see the grace? Those who are responding are the ones who are unable to do it themselves. Only by the grace of God will these things happen. The promise of chapter 35 is the promise of hope and hope brings joy. The essence of hope is not downplaying or ignoring or avoiding pain and sorrow. That's so real. But it's the expectation that as real as that pain is now, it will one day feel as far away as our faintest memory. Water will flow in the wilderness. Burning sand will become a pool. Dry ground becomes a spring. The deserted wasteland becomes an oasis. And the new way is the way of holiness. Only the redeemed will walk there, the ones the Lord has rescued. God's methods are unique. You couldn't make this up. His judgment is not the end. In fact, the truth is that his judgment is actually the beginning because it paves the way for redemption. God is the one who has both declared the judgment but then also taken the judgment upon himself. Isaiah says in verse 4, chapter 35, verse 4, your God will come... He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Does that even make sense? With divine retribution, he will come to save you. You see, judgment and salvation are intricately linked. This is who God is. When this God who comes to save actually comes, Isaiah tells us what will happen. Listen again. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, the mute will shout for joy. Now let me remind you of some things. John 9 verse 6. Jesus saw a man blind from birth and he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. He told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Another reminder, Mark chapter 7. Some people brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and, with a deep sigh, said to him, Be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Another reminder. John chapter 5, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the pool by the sheep gate where people who were disabled would gather seeking healing from the pool when the waters stirred up. Jesus saw a man who'd been there, an invalid, for 38 years and said to him, get up, pick up your mat, walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. When John the Baptist was in prison and was wondering whether Jesus was indeed the one from God, Jesus sent this reply back. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. It was Isaiah who said, Your God will come in vengeance with divine retribution. He will come to save you and then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, the mute will shout for joy. My friends, Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah is telling us about Jesus. Undeserving Israel receives hope because God makes the gracious decision and choice to be their God and he makes the promise to come and put right every wrong. Our judge is also our redeemer, our saviour. God shows the incredible scope of his desire, which is to not only cast out fear on the inside, but to save his people physically, bodily, on the outside. And it's all wrapped up in this beautiful word, redeemed. The end of verse 9 and the beginning of verse 10 are the key. Only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. The redeemed can only be redeemed by a redeemer. There's no other way to be redeemed. You have to have a redeemer. You can't redeem yourself. The redeemer intervenes on behalf of someone else. And God has chosen this for us. God as judge has chosen to also save to be the saviour, to be the redeemer. He puts on skin. He enters history. He enters brokenness, enters into this world of sighing and sorrow so that sighing and sorrow will be no more. It's dealt with. Jesus is the only one who can do it. And he chooses willingly to do it. He steps in and takes our problems as his own. He takes our judgment as his own. Jesus is the one who creates way of holiness. In fact, he declares himself to be the way. And friends, it's you and I who now have the joy of the redeemed. Only the redeemed will walk there, those the Lord has rescued, will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Oh, what great joy there will be. If you are not sure that this kind of joy is your guaranteed future, please come and talk to Chris or to me, or find a trusted Christian friend and talk to them about it. Because this is the only good news that you need to put aside everything else for and pursue. And we want to help you find it. Only the redeemed will walk there. Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Amen.